Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to the Premier League preview show for game week 27 of the 17-18 season. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up on the show. A North London derby always seems to bring the best out of Arsenal and they'll need to be at their very best this weekend or surely they are too far adrift to catch Tottenham who are only fifth right now. Also, Troy Deeney gave Chelsea the finger. Antonio Conte still hasn't got the boots. Both are in action this weekend as the Hornets go to West Ham whilst Chelsea host bottom club West Brom. Let's get into it. It's the Premier League preview show. Mkhitaryan moving towards the edge of the area. Aubameyang's onside goalkeeper comes out. He's flipped it over the top and it's a debut goal for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. A wonderful finish. We want to win, but to arrive to win, we need to create a strong team strong mentality. Oh, what a goal! What a goal that is! We have the quality that people want from us and uh, we are in, in this part of the season where we want our fans behind the team. And then Ozil, what a volley! It's Harry Kane rifling it home and Harry is back once more and he dishes out more capital punishment. Yeah, what North London derby we have got for you this weekend. We are joined to talk about it as ever by Talk Sports football editor and preview show producer David Walker. How are you, mate? You're right. How do you think I am, Tom? I after think this week. I think you're extremely positive and happy and yeah. living the dream. What a week it's been. You still basking in the glow of Troy Deeney getting away with basically flipping off Chelsea fans and not being suspended this weekend. I, well, we'll talk about that like later. Like it should be. We'll talk about that later. He, he's got, he has got away with it there big time. But yeah, it's been a, a fantastic week to be a Watford fan. Yeah, and it's going to get even about better. about you, West Ham? When they beat West Ham this weekend. We are forever <laughs> blowing bubbles. We'll get into all that later on. It is Rennie versus Walker today on the preview show. But if that mighty heavyweight clash is not enough, we've got the North London Derby for you this weekend. 12.30 UK time, broadcast internationally through our partners around the world. Paul McVeigh is part of our international team covering it he's a former Spurs man and he joins us right now from his front room how are you mate you're right I'm very well Thomas how are you I'm doing all right I'm a bit scared about West Ham Watford but that's for later uh, let's talk about the North London <laughs> Derby and talk about Tottenham Hotspur uh, a victory over Newport in midweek they are a few points away uh, from Arsenal a nice comfortable cushion of four points between those two teams uh, a great performance and uh, point at Anfield last time around it's all fairly decent being a Spurs fan right now isn't it um, I think, yeah, I suppose it depends what way you look at it. You could say it's decent because they've obviously had some really, really good results with obviously beating United, 
couple of weeks ago, drawn at Liverpool in, in what was a, just a sensational game there, obviously a formality against uh, Newport in the Cup. But I think as well, if you know, you did mention the fact that they're only sitting in fifth at the minute, and, and even though that's four points ahead of Arsenal, which for sure a large section of the Spurs fans, that's that's all it's about. But actually, Spurs in fifth is is really not good enough, especially over the last couple of seasons. You know, they've they've been so good and so close to winning the title that to actually see them and and would you say languishing in fifth place and because it's I don't think they're anywhere near the potential that they could have been playing at this season and the fact that they haven't been is obviously why they're sitting in fifth place but it's very difficult Tom because whenever you have six really really good teams trying to fit into four spaces it simply doesn't go very negative there. I thought we'd get some real positivity from the most positive man I've ever met. Um, essentially, <laughs> that's, more, that's more positivity for me. I would call Spurs a minute. The, the reason Spurs are where they are is because of the way they started the season at Wembley. 28 points from 39 at Wembley Stadium. They only dropped four points at White Hart Lane all of the last campaign. But that's all changed around now. The Wembley form has started to come good. The performance against Man United, certainly a game I was doing the commentary of, was about as complete a performance as anyone has put in in any game this season. Does that give them a big advantage, do you think, over Arsenal this weekend? Definitely. You know, I think if you're, if you're looking at, at both these teams and, and the form that they're in, you know, even if you're just looking at back at, at Spurs' results over the last, you probably almost go back nearly four months, because apart from the defeat away at City in the league, you know, they haven't really been beaten them since the end of November when they lost away at Leicester. So that's a that's an incredible run really if you obviously if you take that Man City result out, which, you know, because City are so good this season you could almost exclude that result. But that is incredible form and completely just is the opposite of what you're saying of how well they didn't do um at Wembley at the start of the season. But then of course when you look at Arsenal, <laughs> you know, they couldn't come into this game in any better form because yeah. the performance they put in against Everton was simply sensational. I mean obviously Everton were shocking that day by Sam Allardyce's <laughs> yeah. own admission. However, yeah. it's a, it was a great confidence booster for the, the new players to start and hit the ground running. And you know now they've got a North London derby to get into. They beat Tottenham 2-0 at the game in the Emirates earlier in the season. And Tottenham themselves, although they rallied against Liverpool, they weren't on it in that first half last week. Yeah, and, and it's funny, isn't it? Because that, that Arsenal defeat, and then, as I mentioned, the Leicester defeat was the last time they've really had you know a kind of a bad performance because even against City you know they were still pretty good but obviously City were sensational but Arsenal yeah you're right you know the fact that they brought in Aubameyang and you know clearly he's he's an outstanding goal scorer and he is it's just perfect for the Premier League isn't he because that pace living on the last man's shoulder you know he's going to score a lot of goals and obviously you saw already even though I think it's it was clear for all to see he was offside but you know, just even the finish that he produced, even if it wasn't an offside position, just shows that was on his weaker left foot. So you're thinking, this guy's got pace, strength, clearly scoring back for the goals in the Bundesliga. You know, if Spurs aren't on their game, and of course, you know, one of Spurs' strengths recently has been their, has been the defence, even without Toby Alderweireld. So, you know, Aubameyang up against that Spurs defence is really something they'll be looking forward to at the weekend. But you mentioned it there. Toby Alderweireld is back. Played 90 minutes against Newport County in the FA Cup on Wednesday. How fit he'll be, whether they'll rush him back into a North London derby. We'll see uh, as we count down to kick-off. Would you do it? Would you bring Alderweireld back right now for a game of this magnitude with him being out for so long? No, no, I don't I don't think he could. And I think the only reason probably why he would have played 90 minutes you know, because most players coming back from injury, especially at how long he's been out for, 
we'd probably have played 60, 65. But no, not not with the way Vertonghen and, and Sanchez have played because they have looked really, really good together. And you know, and, and I think of course Alderweireld once he's fit will you know come straight back into that team. And whether that's as a, a three-man uh, defence or whether he just comes in and ahead of Sanchez, who you know has been up and down this season. But I, I think that I won't. I'd be highly it'll be highly unlikely that he will start the game. But just the fact that he is back is a massive boost for, boost for not just for the the players and the coach, but also the fans as well, because I think pretty much everyone accepts he's their best defender. I want to ask you about Hungmin Son, who played 60-odd minutes for, for Spurs against Newport in midweek, suggesting just how important it is they keep him fresh for this game. For me, yeah. he has become just as important as Christian Eriksen, perhaps more important than Deli Ali. Both those guys just <laughs> I secondary. Knew you were say no, that. I will say that, because <laughs> not to say Deli Ali hasn't been at his absolute best, no. he hasn't. But Hungmin yeah. Son's levels, I mean, you know, you were a sexy, speedy winger yourself. We've got another one here doing it in a Spurs shirt. The South Korean <laughs> McVeigh. <laughs> OK, that's obviously the first time that's ever... <laughs> Maybe the last. Maybe especially, the last. But we enjoyed especially it. Live on, especially live on radio. No, <laughs> I, I think it's... it's you're, you're right, Tom. Listen, Deli Ali has had a lot of people talking about him and probably criticism to the season, but I think anyone can see that he just hasn't been at his best or the way he has played the last couple of seasons. But yeah, Son is, is just he's there and he's almost he's a, he's in that mode where you'd probably say if you're gonna look at, you know, who's the priority, who's the one that they have to get out fit every week, it's obviously Harry Kane. After that, you do have Ali, Son, Christian Eriksen and it'd be even interesting to see how um, Lamella comes back into it because I really rate him as a player. I think he's, I think he is as talented and has got as much quality as the rest of those three that I just mentioned in terms of the one supporting Harry Kane. But I think that he's just probably not able to deliver it on a consistent basis the way we've seen Eriksson, Son, and pretty much Deli Alley, although probably this season not as much. But yes, Tommy, I agree. Not that I am a South Korean uh, <laughs> son, but I, I agree that he is equally as important and he has been, you know, f- fantastic for Spurs, which is great to see because, you know, he's he's obviously come in and probably didn't have as me- as much expectations as, as most of the players coming to Spurs, but he's really stepped up to it and equally as important now. I want to ask you both uh, about Pochettino's comments on diving. From the from the week, obviously we saw Harry Kane the, going over Carrius last week at Liverpool. Deli Alley has got many many instances in the past where he's been booked or he's won penalties, and people have argued either way whether he should or shouldn't have been. Pochettino has said that it's just another way of tricking the opponent in the same way that tactics are there to trick the opponent. What do you think about that, Paul? I think that if you're a professional player, you're going to go out and do absolutely everything within your power to win. And, of course, you'd put diving into the cheating category, but then you'd also put probably kicking someone when they're down or when you accidentally fall on top of someone and elbow them in the back of the head or knee them in the ribs or pull the back of the herd during a court. It's every single trick in the book, and, and it's almost because football is so sanitised now and there's, there's just, it's almost like it has to be so politically correct. And, yeah, if you're talking about safeguarding racism and all those sexism things, yeah, absolutely, I agree with all of that side of it in terms of how fans are treated and how players are treated. But when it comes to players on the pitch, they're going to do anything they can to try and get an opponent or knock them off their stride or even just getting it on an advantage. And let's be honest, as I would say 99% of the footballers 
don't care whether it's an unfair advantage or a fair advantage. They want to do it and they want to get ahead because ultimately they want to win and most people would do anything to win the game. The lack of morality of footballers these days and the lack of morality of footballers of all time. It is exactly that. There's cheating and there's not cheating. That's exactly what it is. If you've got no morals and you're willing to cheat to get ahead, that's what it is, Paul. You're saying there's no morality in football. Footballers do whatever they can. Gamesmanship. Completely different thing. It's a completely different thing. It's whenever you're talking about, whether it's in a school playground, whether it's in the Premier League, whether it's, uh, I don't know, a cricketer talking rubbish what they do whenever they're with the bowler and a batter. All they're doing, it's all gamesmanship just to try and put the other person off. If you want to talk about kicking the ball back or, you know, the, you know, the, the famous Bicanio incident whenever he saw that the keeper was injured and he caught the ball, that's all sportsmanship, which is obviously, you know, that's, that's fantastic when you see incidents like that in game. Gamesmanship is the other side whenever it's just you're doing your best to win this game and ultimately your job's on the line, your career's on the line, your lifeline is pretty much up for grabs here. So it's it's all about doing what you can and Tom, listen, this is human nature. This isn't about morality of footballers. This is in business people do everything to get ahead. In sport people do everything ahead. Parents for their kids do everything to get ahead. So this is just life. It don't try and talk to me about morality of footballers. That's a, I think that's a terrible argument. Paul McVeigh, if this was school, mate, you'd be in detention for that attitude. You didn't learn enough in school. Rennie is going to teach you. All right, look, we're out of time. Give me a quick score prediction. We're out of time on this. This is a reality check. This is a reality check. Give me some real, give me something real. Tell me the score this weekend. North London derby. Oh, goodness. It's chaotic. It's chaos. There's there's just so much... frenetic play and and I just can't see anything like a low scoring game because I think the attacking lineup on show is pretty much as good as it gets in the Premier League so I'm going to go for a 3-2 Spurs Harry Kane in the last minute again. Not only does he look good in short trousers but also he is our co-commentator for our international commentary a man who belongs in detention the former Spurs man Paul McVeigh with us on the preview show. That's the Spurs side of things. What about Arsenal? Adrian Clark joins us next. It's the Premier League preview show. You're listening to the Premier League preview show for the 27th week of the season. We're talking North London derby. It's the 12.30 kickoff this Saturday, live from Wembley Stadium. We've talked about the Spurs' perspective and how great they have been in recent weeks. Certainly the Manchester United win at Wembley was one of the best I have seen this season. But what about Arsenal? It was all doom and gloom a couple of weeks ago. We're talking about maybe they won't be able to put up a challenge for the top four. Things have all changed now since the thrashings of Palace and Everton and the form of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I'm starting it. Maybe it'll catch on. I, I don't know. I think that needs a little bit more work. Do you like it? There's something in it. There's something <laughs> I'm not in sold. it. Uh, well, a friend of mine, Sean, sung that to me earlier. I loved it so much. Maybe we can get our guests now to tell us how to develop that chant. Is the former Arsenal winger these days, Premier League journalist Adrian Clark. How are you, mate? Do you like the chant? <laughs> Hello, guys. Um, no, I think I'm, I'm with David on this one. I think it needs a lot of work. More work um, required. Have they already got a chant for him anyway? How's it go? 
Oh, I can't remember. No, you can't, can't remember. remember. All right, we put you on the spot there, and you know what? We thought you could handle it. Now we know. Listen, let's talk about Arsenal, uh, because going forward in the last couple of home games, the Palace game, a couple of days after Sanchez goes, tremendous against Everton, though Everton were awful. Arsenal going forward, irresistible. But in that mix is also that embarrassing loss to Swansea. Um, going to this game, how confident are we feeling? Well, I think the, the key word that you used there was home. I think on home turf, Arsenal have been sensational. The football's been scintillating. But away from home, it's been so mediocre, boys. It really has. I, I looked at the, at the away table. You can, you can get a ta- league table based purely on away form. And Arsenal are ninth. You know, that, that's how average they've been on their travels. So that, that performance at Swansea, unfortunately, wasn't abnormal. That's how they've been uh, away from Emirates Stadium this season. So, so there's a lot to work on. What plays in their favour ahead of this game is that Wembley isn't really an away game, is it? It's like, it's like a second home for Arsenal. Mm. I think I'm right in saying nine consecutive wins, albeit a couple of penalty shootouts chucked in there. Um, it's pretty much going to be played on neutral territory, this one. First meeting between Spurs and Arsenal at Wembley since April 1993 in the FA Cup semi-final. Arsenal won 1-0. Who scored? Tom. Uh, Tony Adams. Tony Adams. I was, I was, I was, it was on the tip of my tongue, honestly. I was there. I was there. I was also there for the for the famous cup semi-final when Gaza spanked a, a free kick into the top corner from about 30 yards. So, yeah, um, yeah one apiece, I think, in terms of what I can remember of Arsenal Spurs at Wembley. Um, yeah, it's going to be tasty. I can picture 1v1, Aubameyang pulling onto the shoulder of Jan Vertonghen and just begging Mesut Ozil or Henrik Mkhitaryan to slide him in because I think I think once he gets put in behind I don't think anyone in that Spurs defence will catch him that's for sure we know his ice cool it's can Arsenal get enough control of this game can they create the type of chances he needs to to make the difference I think that's the big question because unfortunately as I've outlined away from home Arsenal haven't been particularly creative they haven't scored that many goals that's why in this game I'd actually like Arsene Wenger to maybe try something new in central midfield. Yeah, it was Granit Xhaka and Aaron Ramsey for the Everton game. Xhaka has had the shirt for most of this season. Jack Wilshere dropped back down to the bench for that game, having played so much of the last couple of months or so. Would you like to see Wilshere back in? Could you take Ramsey out, having scored a hat-trick? What about Alex Iwobi as well? I mean, for many of us, it feels like you've got Mkhitaryan, you've got Ozil, you've got Aubameyang. Do you need Iwobi in there as well? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I would actually um, drop Alex Iwobi for this game. He's not played badly. I think he was good. He was good against Everton. He was really good against Palace as well. But I would, I would leave him out and I'd bring Jack Wilshere back into the side. And what I'd do, I'd go with a three-man midfield. I'd, I'd have Jacker at the base. I'd have Jack, uh, Jack Wilshere to the left, Aaron Ramsey to the right. And then I'd leave the front three to get on with it. I mean, you've got Ozil, Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang. Plenty of imagination and quality there. What Arsenal need is control. They need to be secured down the middle, need to shield the service into Harry Kane and Deli Alley, just so that they can stop them getting into the box and diving. Um, and, then, <laughs> and, and then going forward, I think, you know, Ramsey and Wilshire have got quality. But primarily, I think having an extra body in central midfield be really, really important. Do you know how long it is, though, since Wilshire and Ramsey started a match God. together? Wow. I'll tell you. Uh, it's 142 weeks. 142 weeks. It's, it's getting towards three years since they last started the game together. So will Arsene Wenger do that? 
I'm not sure. But I think on the balance of four, Wilshire and Ramsey should both play. Yeah, Wilshire has been very, very good since coming back against 11. I was quite surprised to see him not play against Evan. Was there an injury concern, a fitness concern? He was ill. Yeah, right. he'd, been, he'd been ill and uh, he, he just about recovered enough to go on the bench. But but it, it sort of it was convenient, I think, for, for Arsene Wenger because then he could just bring Ramsey in and, and play those two. At home, Arsenal can, can manage with a two-man midfield and a back four. It's away from home when you've got a back four that's quite fragile anyway. I just think having an extra body inside that engine will be really important to them. Hey, do you watch Arsenal every week and you'll know better than me? I want to ask you about Granit Xhaka. Because the only time that I ever see him really brought to the nation's attention is when he's done something wrong. On match of the day, when you, he's highlighted as not tracking his man when there's a, a runner just allowed to just go into the box unmarked. And he, he's supposed to be that defensive midfielder, but all too often he doesn't seem to perform the defensive duties in that position well enough. I mean, is, no. is that his fault with being played out of position? Or is he doing it other times and we're just not seeing? It's a, good, it's a really good question. I think that Granit Xhaka is an excellent deep-lying playmaker, but he's not a defensive midfielder. I think there's a key distinction. He doesn't win the ball back that often. He isn't a tackler. We've seen that. He mistimes a lot of his challenges. Um, he doesn't make that many interceptions. What he can do is spray passes around the pitch. He's a very good long-range passer. He, he's also a, what I call a vertical passer. He, he doesn't go sideways all the time. He will try things, and he'll feed the ball into the forward. So in that regard, he does a pretty good job, actually. But if you were to judge him as a defensive midfielder, he's had a bad season because, as you rightly point out, his concentration level has been quite poor. He made a lot of individual mistakes. I think Granit Xhaka, unfortunately, is not, not the man, really. Arsenal are, des- are crying out for a top-quality ball winner, someone strong that can then break up play and give it to guys like Xhaka, guys like Wilshere, Ramsey and the forwards. Um, unfortunately, Arsenal lack that type of player, and that's probably partly behind the reason behind uh, their league position at the moment. We're all excited about that attack. Mkhitaryan looked like the player I remember from Borussia Dortmund uh, at the weekend against Everton. And Aubameyang, we've discussed, and Mesut Ozil, great player. At the back, though, continue to be issues that have been raised repeatedly year in, year out. Petr Cech's recent performances, very, very ropey. The Bournemouth and Swansea game, cases in point. Uh, Laurent Koscielny continues to flip between brilliant and erratic. Mustafi, though he's come back in and been better than last season, is he as good as he maybe should be? Question marks there. And we mentioned the defensive midfield. Now... You've got Harry Kane this weekend up against you, who scores every single time he seems to play Arsenal, and that seems to be one of the safest bets of the weekend. Are Arsenal going to be good enough defensively to stop Spurs getting at them at Wembley? Well, yeah, 6-6 six six he's got against Arsenal, so it's not bad, is it? <laughs> um, are they going to be good enough? Yeah, well, they were good enough at Emirates Stadium, beating Spurs 2-0. Harry Kane didn't really get a kick. Um, Arsenal have had some quite good defensive performances when they've put their mind to it. I remember Chelsea away. Um, they, they can do it, but it needs a real collective effort because, unfortunately, the back four is, is, is fragile. It's definitely brittle. Koscielny is struggling, I think, with injury. He's got a persistent Achilles issue. He's definitely not the same player he was. Mustafi, I'm just not, not quite sure about him long-term. And the full-backs are making mistakes. They are leaving big holes. So, so yeah, look, I... I Honestly speaking, I, I don't think any of the back four can feel secure about their futures, particularly. If I was the manager, I'd be thinking, can I upgrade 
all of these positions um, because defensively they haven't haven't done brilliantly. What, what it will need is a real team effort. You've got to remember Arsenal at Wembley did beat Manchester City in the semi-final of the cup last year. Really stout defensive performance. And in the cup final against Chelsea, very well organised. And they didn't really give Chelsea too much too much to go out in, in the final itself. So they can do it, but it, it takes real concentration. And, and that's the type of performance Arsenal will need. If they go out there and um, play with a gay abandon, <laughs> Harry Kane probably will score and Spurs will, will score two or three. It's one of those games, and they're both the sort of teams that you always want to watch, but you know you can't rely on. And that sets this up to be one of the best games of the season. Wembley Stadium, 12.30 kickoff, North London derby. Adrian, quick score from you, mate. I'm going to go for 2-2. 2-2. Dave, what do you think? I think this is going to be a real thriller, Mm. and I'm going to give it to Spurs, 3-2. So you and McVeigh have gone for Spurs. Aid's gone the draw. I just can't see my way to pick Arsenal. I'm going to go draw as well, though. I think it's going to be at least... At least six goals in this game. 3-3 three, three draw is where I'm looking. Um, Adrian Clark, thanks for your time, mate. Massive game coming up this weekend. Hope it goes well for you. Sort of. I don't really care. West Ham Watford next. That's the real story. Dabby Proper plays the ball to the edge of the area and Pascal Gross at the edge of the D. Gets a shot away and makes it 3-1 with a quite majestic... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Great-footed effort. That may well be that. It's Pereira inside the penalty area. Oh, it's four with the goal of the night. Roberto Pereira just turned it onto his right foot. He's arrowed it past Timor. It is the Premier League preview show for the 27th week of the season. Tom Rennie and David Walker with you. And it's the game we've looked forward to all year long. Um, we didn't look forward to the game at Vicarage Road because, of course, Watford won it. This is the one we're really excited about. It's the Amers against the Hornets. Um, Dave, I think Watford are going to feel pretty confident here, aren't they? Have taken on West Ham's OAP Defensive Legion. Well, exactly. I mean, off the back of that amazing performance against an albeit beleaguered Chelsea... On Monday night, we are licking our lips at the prospect of the Hammers. Who's 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 available? Who's who's going to be fit? Oh, well, Marco Anatovic has been in training. I mean, that's good news. But I mean, Patrice Evra is he Patri- going to play? Patrice Evra's thirty-six years of age, right? They already have two left backs in the squad. I know yeah. Masuaku suspended right now. They've already got Aaron Cresswell, who's a perfectly good left back. You know what position West Ham don't play? A left back. 
They play left wing back. So they don't have anyone who actually plays in that position, but three guys who can fill in at left wing back. It's insanity. They'd have bought Patrice Evra. Anyway, we're joined by a man who's played for both clubs to talk about this game and, and maybe be the voice of reason in... And, you know, frankly, we both think Watford's going to win, so maybe there's not much of a debate <laughs> here anyway. It is the former West Ham and Watford striker, David Conley. You're right, mate. How are you doing? Very good, you? Doing all right, mate, apart from the fact West Ham are atrocious again. Uh, I want to talk about Watford in a moment because it was a brilliant performance, even though, you know, Richarlison cheated and, and Troy Deeney Troy stuck his fingers up at the fans and Delafeu cheated. We'll get into that, Dave. But let's talk about West Ham first as they're the home team. Why is Patrice Evra there? Uh, well, good point. Look, you know, you talk about the old guard. At the minute, the old guard are the ones keeping West Ham alive. So, you know, the likes of Zabaleta and Noble, they're the ones that are actually out there on the pitch running themselves into the ground, whereas, you know, the young guns, the Lanzinis on Altovic's, you know, they're on the treatment table. So I know you talk about the old guard, but maybe he just feels, actually, he might need a bit of experience, a bit of know-how, a bit of reliability. And, you know, he look, David Moyes is a short fix, right? He's only got a contract to the end of the season, so he needs a quick fix as well in terms of players. He needs someone to come in and do a job. And I guess that's why maybe he feels that Ever is able to do that, you know, He's been there, he's done it, he can put him in the team, maybe play a back four, and away they go. Do we, do we know whether Ever is available for selection? Yeah, he's training and he's available, he's registered, he can play. Because if they do play Zabaleta and Ever in a back four... And James Collins, and maybe Jose Font. Watford's strengths you know, are quick attacking players. Richarlison and Delafeo on the wings, Carrillo off the bench, Gray starts, I mean, that could be an interesting afternoon for the old guys. Well, look, yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, Delafoe's done terrific. He was anonymous at Barca, wasn't he? But in Richarlison, as you say, they're two very, very quick wingers. They'll obviously, but look, you're talking about two of hmm. probably the best fullbacks the Premier League has had for you know a good few years there, and Ever and, and Zabaleta. You're not going to get better than that. So, yeah. although they're coming to the end of their careers, I think I think they'll be they'll be able to do a job for for West Ham. I just think going up top as well. I know they need a midfielder, obviously, but look, they let Reece Oxford go. You know, why let him go again when, you know, you could have played him as a holding midfielder. You saw Lookman, you know, come up trumps for Leipzig after Everton let him go. And you just wonder, you know, when are these kids, they could have, you know, the researcher might have been able to do a job. Well, like Declan Lookman. Rice has been playing and he's been playing all right, but was also culpable for a couple of goals Brighton scored last weekend. Um how do West Ham play this weekend then? Because Marco Arnautovic is back in training. They may try and rush him back. Jao Mario has been all right. Just five wins for David Moyes since he came in. They haven't beaten Palace at home. They haven't beaten Bournemouth at home. Twelve games left, of which the top six have all got to be played. They can't afford not to beat Watford this weekend, can they? No, they can't. And look, they're only three points off, you know, the relegation. So they're sitting 12th, but they're far from comfortable. And, you know, I'm interested to see what his column is tomorrow in the in the local paper, you know, uh, David Moyes and, and, you know, he has got work to do, as you say. He, he's running. Then running is really, really difficult. They always seem to have an injury list, don't they? You know, mm. it never seems to go away. So I can't see that they're going to get these players back and then have them fit for the rest of the season. I just can't. And obviously, look, £25 million on Joe Allen, whether that would have been money well spent, and obviously the money of Hugh Hill, who's you know, a promising player, but it's almost like they need something for the now. Not, mm. not for the future. You know, Moyes hasn't got that time. He's only got to the end of the season. So, yes, I feel that they have to win this game. Big game. Massive game. I was at the Palace game, as you were. They weren't great. I can't see them changing from their three at the back, the three four two one. Chikorito needs a bit of help up there. Yeah, I think they've got a couple of problems, West Ham. 
Uh, and it's Watford who visit this weekend, who famously came from behind to win last year at the London Stadium. Uh, and David, the game on Monday against Chelsea, I mean, for all the caveats there were, if you're the very basics of the game, Watford bossed it for 75%. It was a performance that we haven't seen from Watford since the early days of this season when it all was going well at Vicarage Road and Marcus Silva was happy. Uh, there was energy in the performance. They were pressing Chelsea. They were at it from the first minute and we had a few players back. Delafeo has been a, a, a real helpful addition since he signed a few weeks ago in January and it was just it was the performance that Watford needed to inspire confidence in the new manager to get the fans back on side and give them a bit of crucial breathing space between the relegation zone. Because as, as Dave mentioned, it's so tight in the mm. bottom half of the table. Watford are in 10th on 30 points. Stoke City on 18th on 24 points. That's just six points. West Ham are in, in between those two. And you know, if, if West Ham do win this match, then it becomes even more tight. Watford are right back in it again. So it's a crucial match for, for both teams. And interestingly, the two managers have faced each other before. Have they? Yeah. When Moyes was in Spain, the Real Sociedad, uh, Gracia was in charge of Malaga. Malaga mm. won one, and the other one was a draw. So I'm full of confidence. <laughs> uh, David Connolly, give us a prediction. What do you think? Um, I think, look, I think Watford have got plenty of options up front. I think they've got pace and power. I think they've got enough to maybe hurt West Ham. The key for Watford is keeping these players, the likes of Ducouré linked with Spurs. You know, they've got to keep hold of these players now. I think they're just going to have enough for West Ham. I fancy a 1-0 win. Yeah, me too. I can't see anything from West Ham here because they've basically got a load of 35-year-old defenders, no midfielders, and 2011's best substitute. It's bizarre. It's bizarre what they've put together there. And, yeah, it's going to be a very restless crowd leading up to a game at home in a few weeks where there's going to be a protest against the owners. And we're enjoying the new stadium. It's great. Uh, Watford as well for you? I, at the risk of tempting fate, I, I would say a narrow Watford win, yeah. Same as Dave. Yeah, got to agree with that. Let's go to Man City up against Leicester. David Conley, another one of your former teams, Leicester City. One of their sparkling forwards right now, Riyad Mahrez, not available. Now, I don't want to belittle this because, you know, they're saying that he is suffering from depression after his move to Man City fell down. However, desperate to leave the club, been unable to get that move... At what point do Leicester start playing a bit of hardball here and saying, look, you're an employee of this club and you've got to come back and play. And the fact that City came in for you, yes, you would have wanted to go, but you are not worth 60 mil. You're worth 100 mil and that's the way it goes. No one forced him to sign a contract, did they? No, I mean, I look at sort of some clubs in Spain, how they do things, and they always, if a player signs a new deal, they increase his release clause, for example. Mm. I just don't know why that wasn't put into his contract. Now, he, apparently, he's been advised by Kier Drabshin, who you will know from West Ham. Yeah. You know, he also... Another hall of shamer. Yeah, exactly. He advised Tevez at City. He went AWOL for six months before coming back, you know. So, you just wonder whether, if he's getting the same advice, you know, look, he put in a transfer request. He, that meant he probably had to forego signing on fees and all this extra money, probably because they, they said, look, you, you can go. Just tell us you want to leave. That means they save some money. On, on signing on fees and money due to the player, and the, the player gets the move. As it turns out, no one's a winner here. I don't get it. I really don't. You know, Coutinho has been injured all season. He's still got his move. For me, Mahrez has come up with the goods. And it's all right, everyone's slating him. You know, he's been their highest assist maker. He's their second top goal scorer. He's been, again, like, you know, like he was in their title winning season. Just sell him. You know, he wants to leave. Like Coutinho, just sell him and move on. It seems like Liverpool had done the right thing. They sell Coutinho. 
who was injured. At least Morris has been fit producing for them. They know he doesn't want to be there. Personally, I'd have just had a happy club, a happy play gone. Off you go. You've done great for us. We've pocketed, what, £60 million profit? I don't know. What more do you want? I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not supporting him, but I can see his... I can also see his... I don't agree with going on strike, but yeah, I, can, I can see his viewpoint. I reckon they promised him a move and they'd let him down on it. And he has, in previous transfer windows, been the last two or three, wanted to leave, mm. and it hasn't transpired. And each time he has knuckled down and continued to yeah. perform, you know. So I think maybe it's just yeah. like the last straw. Yeah, I, I think it is. And, you know, for them, Leicester, they can't look, they've let Somali go. You know, they can't keep doing this. So, you know, it's a bit like West Ham letting these players go. Well, if you've got a plan, you know, stick to it. Now they probably think, oh, hang on, if we let Maris go, what else have we got? They've only got Vardy, really. They haven't got anything else uh, up top. Okazaki in behind. And that's it. So, obviously, they're weak without him. But, look, if he's going to go on strike, they haven't got him anyway. Hmm. Uh, Man City Leicester is at 5.30 UK time on Saturday. Uh, Man City's home form tremendous. They've scored at least three in their last five Premier League home games. Uh, Leicester, though, on decent form and maybe the best of the rest of the Premier League. Going to be tough to face City at any time. Uh, David Connolly, just one final quick question, if you don't mind, on Southampton against Liverpool, another of your former teams. That's a 4.30 kickoff on Sunday. Uh, and what a massive, massive win and performance it was for Southampton against West Bromwich Albion, ending their 12-game winless run, scoring some fantastic goals as well. Lamina, maybe the pick of the bunch of that victory at Albion last time out. Up against the club, they often sell their best players too, so maybe they're going to measure up Mario Lamina for a Liverpool kit. I don't know. Uh, but again, it's a game where <laughs> Southampton can't afford to, 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 to let Liverpool just walk all over them. They've got to get something from this game because they, as we discussed a few weeks ago and continue to discuss, just five wins all season, they're in serious trouble. Well, they are. Look, they needed that win desperately. Obviously, one win, you know, one summer doesn't you know, swallow, doesn't make a summer. They need another one now. They need to back this up because that, that league is so tight, as we've seen. And as you say, look, it's, I wouldn't call them their feeder club, but, you know... They've it's all right, too. We all, we're all doing it, mate. It's fine. <laughs> they've shelled out an awful lot of money, haven't they, Liverpool to Southampton? And you think, right, come on then, start producing. And you'd like to think... You'd like, with all those players they've got, they'll have enough to beat this Southampton side. Uh, that's Leicester Man City, and of course we've got Southampton-Liverpool coming up for you uh, this weekend as well. Do you know Virgil van Dijk, been involved in four games for Liverpool, or been eligible for four? He missed two, they won them both. He played the other two, didn't win. And in fact, he was pretty bad in both of those games. Maybe there's a chance here. It was all a secret ploy for Southampton to give them Van Dyke to pick up three points because he's actually not very good. I don't know. David Conley, we're out of time. Don't respond to that because I know it was nonsense. We'll speak to you again soon. All right, mate. Thank you, mate. David Conley, former Leicester, Southampton, West Ham and Watford striker with us on the preview show. A few more games to get our view on. Stick around. You're listening to the Premier League preview show for Game Week 27 of the season. Lots of big games coming up this weekend, and they're all going to be that way for the next few weeks because the bottom of the Premier League table, going all the way up to Bournemouth, who are in the top half, is crazy close. Bournemouth are currently ninth. You think, wow, what a respectable position that is. That's 31 points. That is just six above Stoke City, who, as things stand would be getting relegated to the Championship. Swansea, in the last few weeks, their form has been so good, two wins and two, two draws in the last four. They've gone from dead men, bottom of the table, it's all said and done. Why have you hired Carlos Carvalhal to 
out of the relegation zone and Carvalhal's a genius. That's where we are in the Premier League right now. Let's talk about some of these teams who are in it and not safe just yet, starting with Everton against Crystal Palace. Uh, David Walker alongside me, Tom Rennie, on the preview show. And Everton, so, so bad against Arsenal last time out. And when you look at the team and the quality of player they had out there, it was gallingly bad. Do you think that was because Sam Allardyce, throughout his entire career, has never had any interest in playing big games away from home? And that has maybe gone into the players' heads before that game and they might have focused more on the Palace game? Otherwise, I don't understand. I'm not sure if that's true. I think if you were to look at back at his record, I don't know if that would stand up. Um, certainly, though, the, the home record under him at Everton is pretty impressive since he came in. The away record, not so much. They mm. were playing Arsenal in the context of their season. A game against Crystal Palace at home is much more important to them than it, than a game away at Arsenal. But for Sam Allardyce to come out after the, the game and completely slate his players in the manner that he did... No old bad, wasn't it? No, exactly. And it, it's... It's cause for concern because all despite the good home record, it doesn't seem that it's been a brilliant time for Sam Allardyce since he went to Everton. They have improved their points tally. They were in far worse position than they are now in the league table. But in terms of the relegation battle, they're still in it. Yeah, they're not safe. There's no way yeah. 31 points is safe right now. Absolutely not. And you know, this is a big game against Crystal Palace, who are missing one of their biggest players, Wilfred Zaha. And what a time to lose Wilfred Zaha as well. I mean, Benteke's got back into a bit of form. Townsend has played well. We're a massive fan uh, of Milivojevic in midfield. But it doesn't work without Wilfred Zaha. Maybe two months, maybe a month. There's an FA Cup break in there. So it might just be three games he's missing. But any game he's missing, they're without their most potent weapon. I don't know actually how potent he is. He doesn't, still doesn't quite deliver the end product as much as he should do. He's a fantastic dribbler, gets into great positions. He does seem to have these matches where everything he does is an assist or a goal, but then he'll go five games without getting hmm. any meaningful contribution in that manner. But I know your feelings on assists. Nevertheless, he's an important player for them. <laughs> do you know, this match, uh, Sam Allardyce going up against Roy Hodgson, both former England managers. First time that's happened since 2004 in May. Who were the two managers then? And the two they teams. were the last two England managers. So Keegan. Kevin Keegan, yes. And uh, Sven? No. Bobby Robson. Bobby Robson. Bobby Newcastle. Robson, Newcastle. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad about that. I feel like I should have got it. Anyway, that's Everton up against Crystal Palace. Could go either way. It's been a great game down the last few years as well. Uh, Stoke Brighton. Stoke find themselves in the bottom three right now. Lost their last game, just the one win under Paul Lambert against the Brighton side who have been awful away from home. Just six goals scored away from home all season, three of which came against West Ham in <laughs> one in that one game. And of course, scored get three against them again last week. And I would not be bold enough to pick a team here, pick a winner. But whoever does get three, it's going to be a huge three. It's got draw written all over it. Glenn Murray has really picked up in the last few weeks. There's mm. been a lot of talk about Brighton not having enough up top. He's not enough to rely on Glenn Murray, but to his credit, he's scoring the goals. It was a very good performance against West Ham last week. We know they've got problems, West Ham, but that will give them confidence. And again, you're going up against a team that there is still a lot of uncertainty around. So Brighton, at some point, have got to win an away game. Mm. You've got to do that if you're going to stay up. That's the facts of it. And this is going to be maybe their best chance from now until the end of the season to get that done uh, at the Bet365 this weekend. That's a three o'clock UK time kickoff on the Saturday. Swansea, I mean, the form, the performances, and even the personality, confidence and wit of the manager. You know, we didn't really see that the last few months at Sheffield Wednesday when it was all falling apart from him and there were fans at Hillsborough with signs up saying Carlos out and all that. Um, 
he's been enigmatic and brilliant and has really brought something to Swansea. The Arsenal win was magnificent in the last home game I saw. Uh, it's Burnley, who were great. I was doing the commentary of the City game last Saturday, and they played very well, certainly late on, defended well, and did what teams need to do more against Man City, pump it high to tall players, get on the end of it, and attack aggressively from the second and third ball. Did it great, and got a well-deserved point. But they still haven't won in a long, long time, Burnley. And Swansea, um, well, fancy that they can get three points here, and unbelievably, go to 27. They could be 12th. Come the end of the weekend, results go their way from looking dead and buried four weeks ago. Every season, there is a team who gets labelled as dead and buried long before Christmas. I suppose we've actually had two this season. We've Mm. had Crystal Palace, who everyone said were down after eight games. (laughs) And we've had Swansea, who everyone said they're just not good enough, they're not going to stay up. Why have they appointed a manager from the Championship? And look what happens. It only takes one victory for teams' prospects to change. Mentality completely changes. Confidence comes flooding back in, and you go on a little bit of a run, and that's what they've done. They're still only 17th, though, Mm. and that's the thing. They've they've only lost once in seven since he came in, but they're still right on the precipice of relegation, only out of the relegation zone on goal difference. I'd still put them in the bottom three come the end of this season, and I'm not sure I'd fancy them to win against Burnley this weekend. Too well-organised, Burnley, to get broken down by Swansea, but we shall see. Uh, very tough to predict the Premier League. One thing I do know is that Huddersfield Town are going to lose this weekend against Bournemouth. They are trying to do what Aitor Karanka and Middlesbrough did last year mm. and draw their way to safety because of the lack of quality. Aaron Moy's form has drifted away a lot. I think it's been poor, certainly since the turn of the year. I just can't see them get anything against Bournemouth. Uh, 12 o'clock Sunday, this one is UK time. And at the moment, unless they change something drastically, I can't see them making it. Well, they played a strong team in midweek in the FA Cup against Birmingham City away from home on Tuesday. I, I was at the game. And, I've, and the feeling was that, that David Wagner played that strong team because he just wanted a win. Mm. Probably isn't that bothered about the FA Cup. Got a game against Manchester United in the next round. They'll probably lose that. But he wanted a win just to get some confidence into his players because they have really been dropping like a stone in the league. It was quite a good positive start from them. They got a few wins. Obviously, they beat Manchester United in the league. They got some good results. But of late, they've been beaten heavily at home on more than one occasion. And they can't afford another heavy defeat against a team like Bournemouth on Sunday. But as you say, goals still do seem to be the problem. That's one thing doing it against Birmingham City who are in the lower reaches of the championship. It's another doing it against Bournemouth, who have come on leaps and bounds in recent weeks. They look a different side from that beleaguered side that we saw in the first sort of month or so of the season. Yeah, former side in the Premier League over the last five games, Bournemouth. Victory over Chelsea was absolutely fantastic in their last um, away game. Victory over Stoke City coming behind to win that before that. Uh, they look really good. They're going to get over the line. Uh, their strikers in form at the right time, which is crucial uh, when you're down the bottom. Um, not really sure who will play out front for Huddersfield. Sometimes it's De Poitras, sometimes it's Mounier. Um, we shall see this if, weekend, but it's, it's a tough one. Huddersfield do win Go on. on Sunday. Stat me. That will make... Bournemouth, the seventh team that Huddersfield have beaten in all four tiers of English league football. Oh, don't ask me to guess this. <laughs> Just tell me. Just tell me. Bradford, yep. Brentford, Bury, Grimsby, Portsmouth, and Watford. We could have been <laughs> We could have been here all day with that one. Uh, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, 12 o'clock UK time, Sunday. Uh, that's followed by Newcastle, Man United, which has so often been a Premier League classic down the years, but almost a bit of an afterthought. Well, I've got a stat for you, this one. Really surprising when I was looking through the stat pack before this. Jose Mourinho has never won a Premier League match at St James's Park. That is surprising. He must yeah. have had a f- won good two few. League, two League Cup matches, but he's played six, won not, drawn three, lost three. 
It is one of the great grounds in English football and one of the great atmospheres in English football, but certainly not one of the great teams in English football right now uh, with regards to this season. Didn't make the buys they would have wanted. If they can cross the ball, I mean, if Slomani's fit, that's the first question, because he's gone in not fully fit and hasn't been fully fit for a long time for Leicester. If Slomani comes in, they get in plan because Josselu just can't hit a barn door. That's the facts of it. That's why he needs replacing. If they can get the ball to him in the air, if they now start playing with that great width they've got, Murphy and Richie have great pace. They can hopefully get something from John Joe Shelby if he's in the right frame of mind, putting balls aerially to Slomani. There's a real tactic there. One of the best in the air in the Premier League, you know, traps a, traps a football like he's a wall. But in the air, he's fantastic. If they're going to stay up Newcastle, they have got to do that. And Man United, uh, depending on fitness, Smalling and Jones have been found wanting repeatedly this season. This is not a foregone conclusion for Man U for me. I, no, I, I think United will win this comfortably. I think they'll win it. I do, but I don't think... I think there's an opening here for Newcastle and Rafa Benitez is one of the wiliest managers there are. I think it'll be very... Yeah, of course. Rafa is, is a great tactician. He's had many battles with Mourinho in the past when he was when he was at Liverpool. Mourinho was at Chelsea, famously, in the Champions League. Um, but I think it'll be similar to the, the game we saw last week when United just dealt with Huddersfield quite comfortably. Mm. I think it, it might be tight. It might be a 2-0 or a 2-1 or a 1-0 or something. Newcastle will make it hard like they have done against the top teams this season. Man City haven't thrashed Newcastle in the two games they've played them. Mm. But I think United will come out on top. Uh, one final game, Monday Night Football. And it's and a big one. A huge one for both. Will it be Antonio Conte's final game in charge? Um, you know, it's it's going to be unlike well, Chelsea if, to show any loyalty. But they, also, who's going to come in? Well, I, mean, I don't think that will concern them. They'll find someone. <laughs> if, if, they, if they lose to West Brom, who, for all of the talk of the bottom half of the table being tight they are the ones who are adrift they're four points adrift at the bottom of the table they they are in terrible form lost to Southampton last week if they manage to beat Chelsea away from home then regardless of it over the other reasons Conte would deserve to go wouldn't he yeah. just on that performance just on that result yeah I think you're probably right but I just can't see it with Albion the performance against Southampton I last know. time around was Honestly, really really poor I having watched Chelsea in the last few matches you, you, <laughs> you're visibly Visibly holding your so face in your bad. hands. They were so bad. They were so bad. The attitude. There is obviously something wrong. You, you look. You saw what Conte said after the match. He basically said, "Look, sack, if you want to sack me, just sack, sack me. me. I've had enough just of this. Just do it." You've got reports in the papers in the UK today saying that the players are bored and fed up with Conte because he's bored and fed up. So there's something obviously wrong. I can't stand wrong. the bored and fed up thing. I can't stand it when players say training is boring. Yeah, you're footballers. You haven't suddenly joined NASA. It is what it is. Training is marking, passing, running. And every now and then they might have a game of netball or something like we that. We all need to be motivated in the workplace to deliver our best. Well, I've never been motivated. Maybe that's why I've never been the best here. I don't know. Listen, Dave, we're out of time. Thank you very much indeed. Talk Sports Football Editor. But with me on the preview show, we're back in two weeks. Enjoy the football. We'll see you then. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 